listening to The Local Bar Podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Hi. How are you? From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, located right in the heart of Rosewood, this is The Local Bar. I am your host, Chad Alexander, and of all the places you could be, you decided to spend some time with us today. For that, we're incredibly grateful. How you doing? Local Bar can be found over on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you get your good podcasts. You can check us out at localbarmedia.com, Facebook and Twitter, Local Bar Media. And if you want to support us in ways that mean so much, patreon.com slash localbar is the place where you can go and do very much that. Hope you're doing well. I have... Um, took the week off last week spring break for the kids we'll blame it on that and um i got an email i had an email the other day uh that got me got me thinking and um we'll get back to the interview shows here coming up next week uh and this might you know every time i say this is going to be short <laughs> there's a bit end up being longer but no this this one may be short because i I wanted I wanted to talk about this email uh that I got. I um I've gotten quite a few emails lately um asking me about um the stuff that's going on, the tragedies that like going from everything that you saw with the burning of the cathedral in uh in France, the cathedral <laughs> Notre Dame in France, um, uh, all the way to the Easter attacks on the churches in Sri Lanka. Um, and, and I've answered some of those and I, I, you know, it's nothing that I really want to talk about on the air because I don't know, we kind of try to stick to the positive things, but that certainly has been on uh, a lot of folks mind. And, and, and I, I got this email, this email that I, I want to talk about. I'm going to kind of vaguely reference it. it uh, I think it was kind of, um, I think some of that was kind of entrenched in it. And, and let me just right off the bat explain to you what this email was. It's uh, from a guy named Carl. He's a really nice guy. Seems like it anyway in his emails. And um, he is uh, he reached out to me because I've been, on, on a couple of the past shows, I've been saying that things have been getting better for old Chad. That uh, I, have, I have found myself in this area where um, things seem to finally be falling into place. And, you know, for a guy that gets on here and talks to the Internet and basically his daily journal, sometimes, even though I do it quite vaguely, uh, I do mention the ups and downs of what's going on. Um, like when Maria was on last week, she's obviously been on before, if you've never listened to the show, uh, talking about some of the different things we've been through, not for pity, but just to point out, hey, life can uh, throw us all a, uh, a left hook every now and then. Um, here's here's what we do to come back from it. And we've been trying to come back from a lot of things for a while, and, and things seem to be falling into place. There, there will be another valley, but we seem to be coming across a peak right now, or or heading towards it, which is which is nice. And this guy reached out to me, and and he's had something great happen for him. It was a matter of uh, um, uh, something in some similar ways, finding a new job, getting a, it was a, it wasn't so much finding a, a new job with the company. It was a promotion that he actually wasn't expecting. And it was a big one. Uh, 
It was a really big one. And then uh, he found out that um, he uh, he had like this inheritance that he didn't know that he had, um, which is a great time to bring up again. If you want to be a Patreon sponsor, patreon.com slash local bar. If you, if you just come across some money, I just, just saying. Um, and then there were a couple of other things that have, have happened with he and his girlfriend that, that, uh, he, some, some turns that he didn't see coming that are very positive and very good. And then uh, even another relationship in his life that had been very strained for a long time. And he, not that he hadn't put in the work at work and not that he hadn't, um, given his all in his relationship with his girlfriend or maybe from this estranged family member. But the guy basically was writing to say, um, I'd feel okay with one of these things, but all of them are making me feel a little uncomfortable. Like I'm, I'm not supposed to be getting all this stuff. I, uh, I can I can totally feel that way. The reason I bring up the tragedies and stuff, I I think a lot of times whenever we, um, whenever we see bad things going on in the world and something good is happening to us, there is a there is almost a guilt that comes from it. Um, I think I think our country, uh, as far as America is concerned, has has always felt this way greatly in a large part because we we have been so blessed over here in a lot of ways. Um, partly because a lot of people did a lot of work before we got here. I think we're forgetting that now a little bit. Uh, that's for another show, another day. Um, but I think we do. I think we get. I think we get to this point where we. Um, I don't want to say we get spoiled, but we we still can um, come across prosperity every now and then. And when we do, and we see because the world's getting smaller because of the internet, um, when we see things happening, we want to um, almost crush those feelings of ours a little bit. That even even gratitude uh, gets gets shafted every now and then. Like we we don't want to do that because we feel like we are just getting something that maybe not that we don't deserve. Yeah, I, I think that's probably it. That we feel like we don't really deserve it because other people can't come come along with us. It's a hard subject. Now he went a little bit deeper in his email and he went very personal and he asked me not to share it. So I'm I'm not going to. Um, but it was a it was a really neat conversation to have with him because he brought up some points that I'd never thought of before and it was it was brilliant and i think this guy's heart is is obviously in the right place and and his head is too because he's reaching out to a dude on the internet he doesn't know for advice so i, I you know he's got all of it together this guy this cat knows exactly what he's doing and it it really got me got me thinking and i i started looking around and um, through through, I started thinking about things through the years, the past couple of years, um, that I have had to battle, and I, and I, I really started thinking about it. it's like you know how bad things have been. Think things. Have, I, I'm going to tell you, there there are some friends that listen to this show. I don't know if any of my friends actually listen to this show. I had somebody today. I ran into someone today at work. He's like, hey, it's good to good to see you again. You, do you still do that podcast? Well, first of all, thanks for listening because you apparently don't know that I do. But th- but thank you anyway. But yes, I I still do it. Um, I've talked about you every other show. I really hate that you've missed it. Um, if for some reason you're listening again today, Dougal, <laughs> it was good to see you. Uh, I um, 
I, I was thinking a lot though about uh, the, the the hardships that I've been through over the past couple of years, and how how incredibly hard. Oh, that's what I was saying. If you're a friend of mine, you you know how hard some of it's been. Um, but I look around and I see the things that even though I went through something really hard, what I've got uh, th- this microphone never had to get repo- repossessed. You know, um, the lights still stayed on barely. I'm I'm going to tell you, barely stayed on. Um, and truthfully, the thing that surprised me the most is, um, I don't think that my heart got any harder. Um, let let me tell you something about that. That, that's something that I've seen happen in other people and I, and I've experienced it myself that sometimes when things start getting really bad, we think in a negative way that we really don't need to. We really let our hearts get hardened. Um, we really get um, upset when we see someone else's prosperity. We really want to know when's it going to be our turn. We use we use sayings like "that's unfair." You know why? Why is the guy upstairs against me? Why doesn't anything happen for me? And and I, and I thought about that when I when I was uh, kind of having a conversation with this cat. I um I th- I think that's something that that feeds into it as well. I think when we've been through really bad times and we come out of it and we come out of it and, and when it kind of like with him when it starts with a surprise, um, we can feel uh very um almost like we're 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 stabbing ourselves in the back like we're betraying ourselves like it's just so unfair and suddenly it's the coin just flipped and here i am and uh yeah well i'm just gonna leave that self over there again like it's we, we struggle I, th- I think a lot of us do struggle <clears throat> whenever things ha- head our our way um I mean, I'm even struggling talking about this. I, so I'm tripping over my own words, not because I'm trying to hide anything from this email. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at it. There's, 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 there's nothing. If I let anything slip, I could go back and erase it. Um, although if you listen to Black Iron Gathering, <laughs> I just gave up on, 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 on uh, censoring that one. Sorry again for anyone who listened to that. Um, it was a great show, though, as long as you weren't listening with your kids in the car. I think um, I'm even struggling talking about this because I, I – so. Let me take a step back here. Uh, I, I went. Uh, I'm, I'm in the process of going on board with a with a brand new company, and it, it was a it was a company that actually, quite frankly, I t- I turned down. Um, and I told them that I I I didn't want to come in on this role. I I had some better offers. Uh, you know, I'm just gonna move this way. They turned around and surprised me by giving me a job that I've always wanted but never really had. And, um, it, it was a, it was a, it was a shock. I was stunned by it when I, when I was offered it. Not that I, not that I don't feel like that I'm deserving of it, nor do I think that I'm not ready for it. I I think that I am, but I actually wasn't even actively seeking this job. And, and, and I I don't, I, (laughs) I really can't tell you why, but it did just kind of come out of nowhere. I mean, it really shocked me that I got it. And then um, I I got this really wonderful uh, gift from a family member, um, something that really surprised me again. 
uh, kind of floored me and always floors me. And uh, um, I um, but all this kind of happened, and Maria and I have really been struggling. Um, I don't know if you've noticed if you're a welding a family fan, but it, it hadn't been on. We 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 find whatever energy we can to get by and even for me to do this show it it's it's hopefully coming back it's coming back in some shape or form we're, we're figuring that out um but things have been extremely tough and i've worked really hard at some things and i and i have i have i've sat and i've planned things out and i've i've told myself to not settle to to keep shooting I don't need to keep finding myself in this weird situation. The only way out of it is to really shoot hard for this. That this may sound good here, but let's really make sure we're we're chasing what we need to. But you know, if you start starving, you know, how long are you going to give yourself? Just all all the things that swirl around in your head when you're trying to get out of the bottom of the well. When you're just trying to find a way out, and um, when, when this stuff started happening, I was, I was like, oh, oh my gosh, is my, is my, is my ship come in? I mean, is this, is this what it's like? No, 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 This can't be happening. You know, I'm still, Marie asked me the other day if I still felt like I was a, a fully a part of what I'm, um. The, the company I'm with and everything that I'm doing. And I told her no, no. I, I mean, I told her yes, uh, but I was telling her no for weeks. And I was telling her no because I, seriously, it, this is such a Maria thing to do, but I even found myself doing it because things suddenly turned and are doing so well for us. I'm like, no, nah, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop that brings it about, back down to earth because this, this can't. Is this real? Is it really going to be like this? And so I can... I can uh, I can really relate to what Carl's going through. I think, uh, like, like I know why I'm saying this. I, I, if I'm being very frank with you, the reason why I think I'm tripping over my words the most and talking about this is because of where I've been and how things have been for me. I know someone is pissed off hearing me talk about this. And it's not that I hold that against them. I understand. It, I, I think it is a it is a reaction that we have sometimes when people are successful. I'm I'm not saying that someone's highly jealous. I'm just saying they're upset because they probably could commiserate with me, and now I've found some kind of success, and they're like, well, "Crap! Here I am, the bottom of the well by myself." There was at least this dude on the internet that I was talking to. And the reality is, is that it really doesn't happen that way, but we, we feel it. We feel that we get left behind and we just don't want anybody to leave us behind. Now I'll tell you where it can get very deadly is when you're all of a sudden a person that says I'm jealous and I hate it that no one else is going through a bad time. So I want to sabotage other people's lives or friendships to bring them down here with me. I, I I'm going to tell you that's still, I, you know, I thought that crap was only in high school. I thought people only did that in high school. For you high school listeners that may be, may be out there, it happens all the way through your life. There are people that will just suck everything away from you. 
They want to lift themselves up by bringing everybody down around them. And it is the, it is the worst kind of people to get in. And, I don't ever think that I've been close to being that, but when I mentioned earlier in the show about my heart getting a little hard, I I didn't like I, I kept thinking to myself, is this what happens to those people? This is what causes them to be that. I don't think so. I think they're born miserable. <laughs> that just that just happens, and that's just who they are. I think they just they're just miserable people. They just find comfort in being miserable, and. uh yeah, I don't ever I don't ever want to become that. I don't think I can live with myself. I just oh. But there there's a there's a there's a couple of crazy things about this. Like you've got to be you've got to be open. If you want something good to happen to you though, you, you've got to be open to having good things happen to you. One of the things that I've caught myself doing over the past year is if something good is happening to me, I'm like, yeah, that's good, but it doesn't fix everything. Well, maybe it doesn't, but first of all, don't be an ass to the person that's trying to do something nice for you or the opportunity that's been given to you. And keep in mind that while one thing may not win everything back for you, like if you're at the point, it's like, well, the only way I'm getting out of this is if I win the lottery. Spend some time and some self-reflection and realize that you're probably shooting a little too high there. I mean, just, just a little. I know we've got some new lottery winners in, in South Carolina now. If you're a fan of the show, okay, so maybe it worked for you. By the way, it's another wonderful time to uh, remind everyone about patreon.com slash local bar. It's a place you can go to go and support the show if you've just won the lottery. <laughs> if that Patreon goes up by 50 grand this week, I promise you I'll let you all know. Free t-shirts for everybody. So I so I had a good talk or email conversation, however you look at it, with with this Carl guy, and and running back something that I thought just real quick, and uh, told him congratulations on your new problem that you have of trying to figure out your emotions as you're going through a good thing, and make sure you do it quick so you enjoy it because life will come back around again, and that's just what we have to deal with. It's funny that. Um, I, I got this new blessing in my life during this time of year. Um, and I, there was a part of this that I wanted to mention in the, in the letter that I, the email that I wrote back, I didn't. Uh, so Carl, if you're listening, this is, um, this is something that I thought about when, when you and I were, were, were talking. Um, my grandfather, my grandfather was a hard man. Both of my grandfathers were tough. Both of my grandfathers were, were incredibly tough guys. But my dad's dad, um, who was actually my, my biological uh, grandfather, the one that I was the closest with, Bud, was was not. But I, I, I mean, I wouldn't have known any different. But, um, but uh, my grandfather, who I called Papa uh, affectionately, um, was uh what you know just came from a different era he um he was he was funny i you know i didn't know him in his younger life i only knew him in his older life my grandfather uh was really involved in the community he and my grandmother used to cook uh for folks all the time they would do like catering in the small southern town that they lived in 
And let me tell you something. When the two of them got into the kitchen, it was lethal. They could cook food like you would not believe. Oh, my God. Like you would not believe. Still the best fried chicken I've ever had, and I have no idea how that man cooked it. I've had no, I have no idea other than pouring an entire salt lick into it, I, I believe. My grandmother cooked the world's best dressing. If you're from the South, you, you know what that is. You, you people in the North, you call it stuffing, but we do it differently here. It's cooked on the outside of the bird at Thanksgiving. And my grandmother cooked the best. She actually gave the recipe to me. She gave the recipe to other people in the family, but she would always leave out something. They think it's an ingredient. And she gave it to me with the as long as I promised her that I would never give that to family members. So I have. I've given it and done just as she said. I have not told them exactly what it is. Um, but uh, even in the book, even in the recipe book I keep it in, I leave out a couple of things just in case somebody wants to get smart. Um, but I loved my grandparents very much. My grandfather was a really cool guy. He was a funny guy. He um, He smoked as the day was long. He surprisingly died of lung cancer. Uh, he, uh, but he was, uh, he was just a really quiet guy. He was one of these guys that he would sit in this chair in his house smoking and the kids would come over and everybody would be running around inside doing whatever. And sometimes he'd get up outside to go smoke outside. I I thought it was to be nice to the family members that didn't like the smoke that much. Uh, I'm sure my mom and dad, I'm sure my dad had something out with him sometime about it, about smoking. Um, I, I think he went outside to get away from the noise. <laughs> so I would go out there every now and then, and I would just kind of hang with him. And I loved doing it. Whenever Papa was out there by himself, I liked to go out there and just be around him. And I think he thought that, that I thought I was supposed to go out there. Like I, it, it took a long time, I think, for him to get comfortable with it. Um, I see my daughter doing things now that I remember doing as a kid that I think people thought was out of place, but it just felt right to me. Um, My daughter will leave notes for waiters and waitresses sometimes. I used to say things uh, to the cashiers, and I would try to poke my head back in the kitchen when I was a little kid, but I never wanted my parents or anybody to see me do it. I didn't want anybody to make a big hairy deal out of it. Um, and, and I can see my daughter doing that. And I'm wondering if, if there was a family member of mine that smoked, if she would go out and do this too. But I used to go out there and just talk to him. That's, that's when Papa and I would talk. That's what, that's when we had our conversations. That was it when he was outside smoking. And, uh, and I love that man. He was a tough guy. He never said much, but whenever he did, man, it was like lightning. It was, it was the best. He, he was, he had one of the, he was a very sharp man. Um, and he was more understanding of the changing world around him than you would have thought he was probably more than even people around him thought. He, uh, he grew up dirt poor, um, 18 brothers and sisters, I believe. I don't know how many of them he actually really knew. Back then, you you just worked in the tobacco field and the cotton field. This is what you did. And so your parents had tons of – your dad had tons of kids and um, about four or five wives, I think, because they all died giving childbirth. And it's just what you did. Um, and he um, he was he, – he grew up in a different time. Um I don't think I ever cursed in front of my grandfather. 
And I don't think he would have liked it if I did. Like he was just a very tough and full of respect man. He uh he he knew something about manners. He ingrained uh saying yes sir, yes ma'am into his kids who did it into me and my cousins as well. And and I'm very appreciative of that. I, I don't think it's derogatory or, or, or bad in any way. No matter how our society may change around that, I, I completely understand it. And I have a ton of respect to my grandfather feeling that way. My grandfather um, was a hard man who grew up uh, in a hard time. Uh, a man who served during World, World War II um, and did not talk about that stuff. He... Um, my grandfather had a lot of wounds that he just didn't want to let heal. I only knew my grandfather as an old man. I know a little bit about him as a young one. As a young father. I I, I know some of the mistakes he's made and if family members are listening to this. I'm not talking about anything I've heard you say. I'm talking about things he's told me. I, I was always amazed at him though, because he was, he was a hardworking guy. Um, he was hard on himself. He uh he he liked his Pabst Blue Ribbon as much as he liked his cigarettes. But he was a guy um, that no matter what crutch he was using because of what he was using uh, using as a crutch to get over what life had thrown at him, he um he still was a great grandfather to me, a wonderful grandfather to me. He he didn't he I didn't know anything but him being a wonderful grandfather. He and my dad, I'm sure, went more rounds than anybody would like to admit that they did. And if they could take them all back, I, I know that they would. But the great thing about both my dad and my grandfather is if my dad ever had any animosity towards my grandfather, he never used me uh, to take it out on him. And my grandfather never treated me as anything but the greatest child that ever walked the face of this earth. And he was he was always wonderful to me and even better to my cousins because I was the first one. And he was even nicer to the ones that came after me. And I, I loved it. And And as I watched him become an even older man, all the way to his last days, I watched where my grandfather appreciated what he was blessed with. Now, my dad tells a story, and it's not mine to tell. So I'm not really going to go into the specifics of it or or the feelings around it or what my dad has used. He's used this in sermons before, and they've they've always been brilliant ones. But I'll mention something about my grandfather that my dad tells that is... Um, phenomenal and it's something that i i have to tell you because it affects me this time this time of year every year um oddly enough my, my grandfather passed away at this time uh back in 2005 he was uh, i was 25 years old when i lost my first grandparent 
and I took his death incredibly hard. Um, as a matter of fact, his his funeral was the first funeral I had ever been to. No, that's not true. Ralph, Ralph's was was Ralph's. I don't know. Um, his funeral was the first one that any of that I'd ever been to for a family member. There we go. I I had been there to my first to my grandfather's, my biological grandfather on my mom's side, but I, I don't really even know him, so that that doesn't count. So it, this was a very hard thing, and and I struggled. I struggled greatly with it. Oh my gosh, greatly with it. Um, and I, I didn't really understand why I did. And it took me years later to realize why his death affected me so, so badly. The story that my dad tells in his sermons is, is this, he noticed when he was younger and growing up that when they were at church and they would take communion, my grandfather would not take it. So now for those of you Catholic folks in the Methodist church, everybody's allowed to, well, <laughs> we used to let everybody do stuff in the Methodist church. Um, but they, um, everybody's allowed to come to that table because it's the Lord's table. Not anybody else's. You can come up to it. It's what we do. But my grandfather never took communion. And my dad just always thought that was strange. When my grandfather was passing away, he had a, he had a very hard death. Uh, he started declining at Thanksgiving. Um, he finally died at this time in, in, in April. And um, it was a... Um, it was a very hard thing for 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 us to deal with because as we watched him deteriorate, um, he just fought and just fought, and it was very painful and agonizing, the most for him. And it was a it was a tough thing for us to live through. My dad tells a story though that that towards the end, he asked Papa. Why is it that I never saw you take communion? And he just looked at my dad and he just said, I never took communion because I never felt like I deserved it. It's a hard thing to hear from your dad when he's passing away. It's a, it's a, it's a hard thing to wrap your head around that. My grandfather was a very, it was a was a very big Christian, very church going guy, very wonderful in his community, an outstanding person. But he never felt like he deserved it. No matter how much he turned his life around, there were just some things that he thought he didn't deserve. I've told the story before on the show uh, about a young lady who I met that was talking about uh, when she was in high school, she was dating a guy and um, they had been going out just for a little bit and they, they, they really liked each other. He was getting ready to go to college the next year and she wasn't. And his mom um, told him to break up with her because he uh, was moving on and deserved somebody better than her. And he told her that and she believed it. And I honestly think that she still lives with that some today. I think Carl thinks that. I think I do too. I struggle 
this time of year each year because of Easter. So as my dad being a preacher, Easter was always one of the hardest um, holidays for me to grasp. You know, there's a lot about it that we have. There's a lot about it that's just confusing. There's a stand-up comedian, Eddie Izzard, who I love. He describes Easter. You know, it's a, it, there's all these things that are going on with it that are just hard for people to understand. You know, you you have um, these uh, these all these bunny rabbits everywhere because uh, the bunny rabbits are the ones that dug the holes that they stuck the cross in when they crucified Jesus. We have the brown eggs, and we make them chocolate eggs because the wood on the cross matches the, the, the chocolate. <laughs> Like, all right, so fine. So you explain it then if that's not it. Like, it's, 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 and I do, yes, I do understand the pagan fertility festivals, and that's why they're there. I'm not, don't just go ahead and keep your emails. I'm just saying Easter can be very confusing, even for Christians. It's a very confusing thing. The other reason why it's confusing is because we only go to church on Easter to hear the story of Jesus rising from the dead. We do not pay attention to Monday, Thursday, or Good Friday, where Jesus was crucified. If you've seen the Passion of the Christ, probably open up your eyes to what that was, even if you're not a Christian. It is a, it's an incredible uh, movie to watch as far as putting in perspective the story that you've heard told before about what happened to Jesus on that one particular day. It's very tough. So we, we, what do we do? We, we, we ignore the harshness. We ignore the, the brutality. We ignore the torture. We ignore the shame, and we go straight to the lilies and dudes and seersucker suits and bow ties and and really we got to drop the bow tie thing. There's no man. John Grantland is the only person I can see that can actually pull off a bow tie right. Maybe Jimmy Williamson. Yeah, Jimmy Williamson too. Other than that, the rest of you guys got to drop the bow tie thing. What we do? We go straight to that. We want it. We don't want to go right to the happiness. And I wonder sometimes: is it because we? Because we, it turns our stomach to see the brutality, or does it remind us? Does it remind us of the hardships that we've gone through? To me, to me, the most challenging day in Easter is the Saturday before Easter Sunday. Let me tell you why. If you've never been to a Good Friday service, they're very tough. Um, you you go in and you sit down and you um you you watch them break the altar down and the music's very solemn it is like a it's like a funeral it's like a, it's like a funeral and it's to remind us of the way these people felt on that day i mean when jesus died what what do these people that were following him think hang with me here if you're not christian it it it, it comes around here in a second it, it, like what what do his followers think like they didn't know he was coming back on Sunday. If you read the book, they had no idea. They were like, this is this is over. Everything we have fought for is over. This man that we saw do incredible things. Even if you're someone who doesn't believe in any of the miracles or any of that, this guy they were following that had these wonderful teachings of be nice to other people was it was over. Mary, what did, what in the world did Mary think? I'm reminded of another story of my dad. There's this guy. There's this kid, not guy. There's this kid. When we were in Florence, my dad had this church, and he had a 9 o'clock service and 11 o'clock service. And the 9 o'clock service was very well attended. I would go because I could go early, go to Sunday school, and then be home in time for the pre-football shows and a little bit of wrestling. And then football would come on, and I loved it. Um, and nobody in the family to bother me while I'm watching all that stuff. 
We lived directly behind the church, so I could just run over there. And there was this kid, Robert. He his mom sang in the choir, and he was he was a young kid. He's he's probably eight nine, maybe when we were first there. And one of the first Sundays, if it wasn't the first Sunday, I can't remember. My dad went to sit down to have the children's moments where the kids come up and dad gives them like a little lesson. And then they go off and go, they go back and have like popsicles and candy and whatever, while everybody else has the rest of church. And so, um, no kids were there and here comes Robert and he comes and sits and he kind of comes skulking down his shoulders and just kind of drooped. And he's like, Oh, is this going to be me? So he and dad would sit and talk. And over the next four years, there is this amazing thing that happened. Dad never, ever had a children's sermon that didn't have a single kid there because there was always Robert. And he had tons of them that were just he and Robert. And sometimes they would even have a, once Robert got kind of used to this, they would even have a conversation on the steps and they were beautiful. And I so wish someone had recorded them. They were great. And I loved it. And I think so did everybody else. We all thought it was an amazing thing to behold when the two of them would just sit there on those steps leading up to the pulpit and, the whole church was just watching them like two friends sitting on a stoop outside of an apartment having a conversation. It was neat and it was very touching. And then years later, just a few short years later, when my dad had to go back to that church, stand in that pulpit, and do the funeral for Robert. He had a very rare and extremely quick-moving form of colon cancer. It took his life, I believe he was only 14, maybe 15. And I always wonder about how his mother felt. It was so fast. She was someone who dedicated her life to the church, singing in the choir, and had gone through hell before in her life. And here she is now watching all the good things that she had wrapped up in this young man who was outstanding, and it was gone. I think about uh, my cousin. I think about a lot of people whose life was snuffed out way, way too early. And it's really hard, you know, it's really hard uh, to 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 see that and and think about that and think about what people felt on Easter. And you can you can begin if you start thinking these things, you can begin to to feel the way they feel. And then Sunday came. Then Sunday came, but Saturday, you know, we never talk about Saturday. They lived with it on Saturday. The sun came up. Nobody else did. It didn't go Friday, Sunday. There's a Saturday there. It was harsh. It was empty. The world wasn't the same. It's that way whenever we lose a loved one. It's that way whenever we go through a tragedy. We, we don't know if the world's going to be better. And then when it gets that way, we sometimes are overwhelmed by it. No, it's not always a dude 
coming out of a tomb dressed as a farmer and then ascending into the clouds. That that That's not normally what you see. But you can begin to realize that this, this is why I struggle at Easter. This is, this is what this is what really gets to me. The, the idea you see of the story of Jesus as a guy that's a, a Christian dude, as a guy that appreciates the redemption, as a guy that's been through hard things and wants to see that, as a guy that hears all this good news, I, I'm just I'm going to tell you, it's it's the thing that I've seen before in the past and other people that I know will not see the redemption that they really want because of the struggles they've seen, the stuff that I really wish, I really wish would come forward or the people that I've seen hurting before. I wish they could get these things and that feeling back. And I think about my grandfather and I think about the good things that are happening to me now. And I think about, think about the way he must've felt at communion and hearing what that was about and, and seeing things at Easter and really getting it and, and understanding that he, he really truthfully did not feel like he deserved it. And I can relate to that because when I hear the story about Easter, when I think about what comes around for people or what does come around for people, it's not a sad story that my grandfather tells when he says that he he doesn't feel like he deserves it. It's a reminder that that I feel that none of us do. None of us do. Easter is a powerful thing for me because I do feel that way. It is something that moves me and I struggle with. I, I was at the Easter service just the other day and I I I had a hard time. Dawn Hyde, our, our our pastor at the church that I go to, the downtown church, preached a beautiful sermon. The music was just absolutely brilliant. They um service was just a very moving, very joyous service and there is something that she said uh that we are we do not look for hope and we are not defined by the past but by what lies ahead and what a beautiful way to think and something that i just struggle to do constantly and as a guy that is the eternal optimist that you tune into every week i want you to understand that i get it carl i get it i get it when good things start happening I think of everybody else before that I can't give anything to. That so much was taken away from, that there is no future for them. And we can talk about the afterlife, and you can get into all that. I I, I leave that discussion for other folks. Philosophers and preachers can get into all that stuff. I'm talking about today. I do this podcast for those of us that are living today. I don't know if dead people listen to this. They might. I haven't gotten an email yet. But I, I, I think that it's a it's just such a hard thing to think about when good things happen to you. But it's so undeniably crazy because when we're going through a bad time, it's the only thing we want to have happen. And see, that that to me is Easter, okay? That to me is, I, I get 
that somebody did something, whether he was the son of God or whether he was a guy with a really groovy message, however you want to look at who Jesus was walking around, he was someone that went through so much physically because of what it meant for the people that were here, for the movement he was pushing forward, for the way someone had to stand up against what was going on at the time. There's so much, so much that was there. Even even if, even if the guy wasn't truly the son of God, I don't deserve what he did just so the religion that I follow could continue to move forward. Are you kidding me? I've been put around people right now, a couple of folks that do so much for me that have believed in me, that have really stuck out and said, we want you to, to, to be here. And it really shocks me. I've been, I've been wanting it. I've been asking for it. So you see that that's one of the things that I want to let you know to you, Carl, and anybody else out there. And especially to those of you that are maybe still going through a very hard time that one of the things that can happen to us is we're not ready to receive the blessing we're about to get. And because of that, we don't get off to the best start. We may not show our gratitude the way that we're supposed to. Or, and quite frankly, I think this happens a lot. We screw it up and the opportunity passes us by. And then we make the, the the consolations that we want to. Well, it just wasn't the right one for me. No, you apparently weren't in the right mind for it. There is something to be said about being open to the blessing that you're going to receive. It's great that things are happening so so good for you. And you should remember where you came from so you appreciate it and make the most out of it. And so just like anyone who is truly charitable in their heart, whenever you see someone who needs something, you remember that blessing that you got. And even if it's for a few moments or a small way, you be that blessing to them. Just for a second. You, you be that blessing to, the, to, to that person. The, the, other, the other day, in a very not as benevolent way. We were supposed to play. Don Mark on the Blacksmiths, we were supposed to play down at the Rhythm on the River. We get down there, and they have uh, they have called it off. And uh, the guy that's running the sound said, forget it, it's going to rain, packing it in. So the folks that were there working the festival were really kind of bummed. They were like, oh, man, are you kidding me? Like, we, we really wanted to hear you guys play and this other band play, and it, it was going to be a great time, and, you know, it, it stunk. Like, we got some beer, and we've cooked a bunch of chicken wings. So the band, yeah, it doesn't take much to grab uh, the blacksmith's attention. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now. Um, I think we cleaned out their, <laughs> their beer cooler in about 20 minutes. Uh, but um, Don picked up his, gu his guitar. We picked up a couple of uh, acoustic instruments, started playing. We played about four or five songs, and the folks stuck around, and they dug it. And it was great, and we couldn't do the whole show. But, you know, these people were so nice to us. And it was like, hey, they wanted to hear a little bit of music. We'll play them a little bit of music and have a good time. And and those of us that stuck around for that those few minutes, 20 people or so, we all had a good time together. I made some new friends. I had a blast. Went out later with them. It doesn't take anything of, of monetary means. You don't have to change someone's life just to turn around and be a blessing somewhere. And, and a lot of times we don't do that when we're in a negative state it had been real easy for us to see that guy packing his gear in and be like man 
I'm not going to be able to play this. Half the band drove up from Charleston. If you don't know, it's like an hour and a half away, so they got to drive an hour and a half back. We could have been sour about it and just poked on off. But instead, we made some new friends, hopefully some new fans. And those blessings will continue to roll. You see, I think that's the other thing that's important about this. We we, we live in a world where we forget that that the, the way this play plays out, you don't ever really know your part. You can be the nicest guy in the world. You're the villain in somebody's play. Okay? Don't ever forget that. But at any given moment, you could be that thing that turns somebody's day, week, possibly life around. But just the pat on the back they needed at the right time. The phone call, the text, the, the hey, you, I, I, just, I just need you to know I'm thinking about you today. Hey, you know, you did a great job on that project. You keep this stuff up, man. You never know what's going to inspire someone. I, I've been shocked a couple of times in my life when someone has come up to me or, or sent me an email from a long time ago when I was, there was I had a story one time when I was in middle school. Someone said something about me and something I did. Um, I don't. <laughs> I do love to brag about myself, but there's, there's no reason to do this on the show. But um, I was like, Re- really? That I was just. I, it sounds like something I'd say, but I'm I'm glad. I was like, yeah, you you said this, and I thought, you know what? I I am going to put a lot of effort into this, and it's 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 meant so much to me over my life. And it's just weird. Like we we've all heard these before, but the reason why that's able to work is because those people were ready to accept that blessing at the time that you that you gave it to them, either because um, they were open to it or it was because they just had to have something because they were starving. I don't feel like I deserve it, Carl. I, I don't. I, I don't. I, I don't deserve... I deserve the job I have. The way I found it and when I did, I I don't deserve that. I don't deserve the daughters I have. I'll tell you that for a fact. I, I don't. There is nothing about me as a father that tells me I deserve the daughters I have. My wife puts, oh my God, you have no idea what my wife puts up with. You don't know how hard it is to be married to me some days. Even if you are a listener to Welding a Family, you have no clue how hard it is to be married to me. I, but it, It's even, even beyond just my immediate family like that. I don't deserve to have the friendship that I have with Don. I, I'll tell you right now, I probably do not deserve to play in that band. There's so much that I can sit here and nitpick completely apart if I wanted to. And all I would do is is take away from the joy of the blessing that I've been given in all of those areas. So I don't. So I don't. Oh, I remember where I've come from and I understand how bad it could be. But I understand that I have to be grateful. So. Even though I struggle and believe I do not deserve something, I take the communion cup 
I go to the Easter service. I will disagree with my grandfather for the rest of my days because even if I feel like I deserve it, I look right at the guy upstairs and I say, yes, sir. Thank you. And I take his gift. It's hard. But I'm going to tell you, the more you do it, the more you'll find that you're giving of others, that you're finding other people a way to reach their blessing, that you may not be the direct force that gives it to them, but you'll be more apt to look for folks that need it and you will go out and do it. And I tell you right now, that is what the world needs more than anything because this crap doesn't happen on its own. Whether you're a believer in the guy upstairs or not, I will tell you that the way he works or the way any of this works is through people. It is through people. We have to do it. We have to be there. And if you have been blessed by something, then you open up your arms and you bless those around you that you feel like you can or you help somebody else see theirs. Or you give them a pat on the back or you do whatever you want to. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you, you're going to come around to needing it yourself. And it comes back. It comes back. None of us deserve it. None of us do. None of us deserve any of this stuff. No matter where you are right now, whether you're going through a bad time or a good time, we don't deserve it. But it happens. But we can work together to make everything around us better, to make our lives better, to bless other people other than just us. That's Easter. That's hope for the future. That's not letting the past define us. That is saying thank you, even when we don't deserve it. On hill far away stood an old rugged cross the emblem of suffering and shame and I love that old cross where the dear rest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain so I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday the old rugged cross so despised by the world as a wondrous attraction for me or oh, the dear lamb of god left his glory above to bear it to dark Calvary So I'll cherish 